Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Bibles, join me if you will, Psalms 27 and 4. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 27 and 4. I think I know what ladies feel like when they put something in the oven and the timer went off and you pull the door open. And you just hope it looks like it did in the picture. If I can get this across as I feel it in my heart, we'll be all right. Amen. I don't know if it's as common as it used to be, but do cakes still fall? They do. (laughs) I was hoping you'd say, oh, no, that don't happen anymore. All right, let's pray that the cake don't fall tonight. Psalms 27 and 4, don't anybody slam a door. I remember my mother saying things like that. Psalms 27 and 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. And uh, I I know we've been on a theme for a little while, and I just want to, I'm not trying to drive something in the ground, break it off, but I, I do believe that we're, pointed in the right direction and we're doing the right thing and I want to speak to you this evening from this thought something worth seeking something worth seeking people today are seeking for a lot of things and some of it is going to be dust in their hands when it when they finally attain it but I want to talk about something worth seeking amen thank you for your worship and you can be seated what a great presence of the Lord in the house tonight amen I think without exception or perhaps with very few exceptions that all of us to some degree are seekers and um, trust that we have goals and dreams and in most instances you can ask a child, um, in most instances you can ask a child, in most instances you can ask a child, (laughs) somebody slammed the door. Somebody slammed the door. And uh, you can ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, and and a lot of them have some sort of an answer. And um, even though they can't even fully comprehend at that moment what it would mean to be grown up. But what do you want to be when you're grown? And and, uh, most of the time there's an answer. And so... Perhaps as a child we had a dream of some sort what you would like to be as a, as a result of a, of growing up in life. What perhaps goals you would like to have. And, 
And um, maybe some of you are living the dream. I don't know. I asked a gentleman the other day, I said, how are you? He said, living the dream. <laughs> I said, great. And just go for it. And that might have been someone here. I don't. I can't even remember at this point, but just living the dream. I thought it was a kind of a, a neat comeback. There's nothing wrong with having a dream, that's for sure. And nothing wrong with seeking. Paul talks about pressing and and uh, goals. I press toward the mark. And and uh, Paul was 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 very single-minded. And of all the things he encountered in his life and ministry, uh, we certainly see him with the ineptability, obviously given by God, but the ineptability to to stay focused upon and honed in upon what God had called him to do. But in the process of our seeking, I think there's some important questions that we have to ask ourselves. And um, we have to ask ourselves, A, what are we seeking? And is what we're seeking worth the effort, the time, the energy uh, that we're expending in that? And um, in, in truth, some things that we may be in pursuit of at earlier stages of our life, we may discover that not to even be the will of God for us ultimately. And and uh, that may call for a career change or a course change in our life because we feel that we are not uh, in the exact uh, will of the Lord. And, and um, some things that we perhaps think are innocent, the closer we get to that, we may see uh, the spiritual um, the deprivation that may come our way from that. And so we have to, to turn and change the, uh, the course. Somehow this is echoing bad up here. And uh, we have to change the course of what we're doing and uh, ask God to help us. So we've got to be careful to evaluate what it is that we're seeking in light of the worthiness or the worth of that thing that we're seeking. So we've got to ask ourselves... What is the goal? What is the what is the purpose? And and uh, where are we? And so the the truth of the matter is is that everyone that I know is just caught in this uh, this raging river, this course that we called life, and uh, and so we're involved in just living life and and life in the process. We find that things don't always go as planned. They don't go as smoothly as we thought they were going to do. The road of life has unforeseen things. We have no way of calculating that into the equation when uh, maybe we're young or newly married or we have our first child. We have no way of, of figuring that in, those unforeseen uh, things that happen in life. And, and uh, so as we navigate our way through life, we, uh, we, th- we find that some things we thought were so important Later on at another juncture of our life, we're really not that big of a deal at all. Anybody else ever been there? Some of the things we used to fret over, maybe lose sleep over, stay up all night, and we don't even blink anymore. Because life has just kind of snapped the, uh, everything else into perspective, and we see it from a completely different angle, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. And, uh, I find that temperament a lot of times in, in, People, we were working with a gentleman not long ago and some things just weren't going right. And he said, you know, years ago when I first got in this profession, he said, I wouldn't handle this nearly like I'm handling it today. He said, it's just, it's just life. And, it's, and we'll just get through this and we'll just walk through that. And that, that came as a consequence of living. It wasn't uh, some magical dust that somebody sprinkled on you, but it was just the the experiences of life. And so uh, there are some things that <coughs> are just universally true, and that is that everyone struggles 
and has some measure of problems to deal with. Educated, uneducated, rich, poor, doesn't matter what side of the social or economic line we find ourselves on. Everybody has some measure of problems. And I know looking across the fence, sometimes we think somebody doesn't have any problems at all. But I can assure you that everybody has their fair share of problems and has their own fair share of things that they have to deal with. And everywhere, people are hurting and they are in need. And they may not have financial needs, but those needs may be somewhere else. And somebody may not have uh, any health issues, but they have, may have financial needs. And, and on and on and on and on. And this is not just found in third world countries or somewhere across the globe, but this is right here in, in America. As a matter of fact, not not from from uh, one coast to the other, but right in our communities where we live, right where we dwell. Um, you can see some of the greatest needs in the world. Some of the, the members of our church are in, are in, uh, in vocations that expose you uh, to the needs that there are in life. You may be in the medical field or in law enforcement or some uh, facet of that, and you see... Uh, the, you see the real hurt and the real scars and the wounds of our that are prevalent in our society. Not just every now and then, every, not just uh, occasionally you run across these things, but but you see people that are hurting. And so we have to understand that in the midst of all of this chaos, what the world is offering as a solution is a mere shallow substitute for the real answer. Amen. Uh, the, you know, we just are, are inundated with, if you just buy this car, if you have this house, if you have this, if you have that, then it's just going to fix all of your ills. It's going to it's going to clear up all of your woes, but it's just not that easy. And we're led to believe that these superficial things will just, that will make you whole. That will make you complete. But in fact, it's not true at all. Not at all true. Therefore, we got to make sure that we are seeking and that that we're seeking is genuine. That there's really, there really is something at the end of that, and that ought to be a daily priority. And so, at the at the core of our text, going back to the book of Psalms, in the center of this, the psalmist David was a man who truly understood highs and lows. I don't know. It's, I hate to make statements like this, but in, in reality, David is, is probably one of the most colorful characters in all of the Word of God. You, you begin to study his life. You can read almost anything I've ever read on the book or the life of David, whether that's a book or whatever it may be, has always been intriguing because David was a man of many highs and many lows. He was a man that understood great sorrow and great success. He had enjoyed measures of success in his life. There's no doubt about that. But that success was not without its own problems. Not only did David have personal problems, not only did he have personal issues that he had to deal with, but David had people problems. And I don't mean somebody just kind of stared at him wrong in the checkout line. David had severe People problems on more than one occasion. There were people that were that was trying to take his life. Now all of us have probably had somebody at some point been out of shape with us. <laughs> you sure make me feel better if you'd respond to that, like you know, and making me feel like I'm the only one here. But I don't know of anybody that ever wanted to kill me. I mean, literally kill me. Now my, my mother threatened it several times, but I don't think she was serious. I don't think she was serious, and thankful apparently she wasn't. But uh, but but David was a man who had people seeking for actively 
seeking for his life. There were nights that David couldn't afford to close both eyes when he went to sleep. And I'm, I'm not trying to be comical, but it's really the truth. And so we can't even weigh our problems against the problems that David really experienced in his life. He knew how to struggle with serious issues, but through it all, David also understood the importance of seeking the right thing in his life. And so in this passage of Scripture, David reveals probably one of the greatest priorities. And so while this text may be as old as time itself, I believe the principle of this text is as relevant tonight as it has ever been. And there's no doubt in my mind that we should be seeking for the same thing that David was seeking for. And at the end of the day, it was communion with God. Communion with God. And so we have to, we have had in, in the last several weeks an intentional focus on communion with God. We have been uh, prompting personal prayer for the last several weeks uh, through the month of November, most specifically our 3030 prayer initiative, praying 30 minutes at least a day for 30 days. We have been intentionally promoting systematic focus prayer for all of 2018, not just praying about it on Sunday morning or at a given specific service, but putting that information or at least in your hand or at least trying to make that available to everyone so that we can center ourselves around a few things that really truly need our prayer. Not prayer for the sake of checking something off of our to-do list for the day, but prayer for the sake of communicating with God. I said in our in our November prayer initiative that if you did not have a prayer life, if you did not have a prayer life, we would hope that this would be tools that help us create a habit of prayer, that we can understand the value of that and see what that does for us. It's not it's not a it's not a pill that you take today and you feel the effects of that in thirty minutes, but it is something that you get in your system and in your daily walk with God. Amen. Prayer it is for the sake of communicating with the Lord. I thought about the chorus of an old song uh, today, an old hymn that is entitled Friendship with Jesus. The, the chorus of the song says, Friendship with Jesus, fellowship divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. Above all else, David desired to be in the presence of the Lord. And I say the presence of the Lord, not just for the sake of that goosebump feel or not for the sake of just being elevated a little bit or lifted above the shadows of life momentarily, but David understood I can find strength, guidance, direction. The list goes on and on in the presence of the Lord. He understood that in the presence of the Lord there was fullness, there was completeness, there was hope. Amen. And so from the context of this passage of Scripture, we understand that David had been facing some very, very difficult circumstances. Those that were against him, as I mentioned, opposing him on every hand. There were people that did not just didn't want to see him die, but there were some that maybe they weren't that uh, that far bent, but they did not want to see him as king. They did not want to see him as the leader uh, of the kingdom. And so consequently, they made war against him and they fought with him constantly. And some some of the opposition that David faced was incredibly formidable. And there were times that David was afraid. And who wouldn't have been? He, he was not Superman. He was, he was an anointed man of God, but he was a man. And so he feared for his life at times, and rightly so. Yet in the midst of all of this uncertainty, David knew where to turn, and that 
was in the presence of the Lord. And he would find strength that he needed to face trying situations in the presence of the Lord. And I believe these are important, critical lessons for all of us. And we have to realize that, that it's only in God's presence that we can truly find the strength to face the affairs of life because we are just called on at times to face things that we do not have a manual for. We never saw this coming. We, we did not, we have perhaps never faced anything like this or similar to this. And so we don't know where to turn or where to find an answer or within ourselves I'm talking about. And so we are faced now with an important thing and that is to get in the presence of the Lord and let God daily, if He has to moment by moment, lead us and guide us. I believe that I am speaking to at least a few people who know what it is like to at least go through seasons of your life moment by moment. Trying to get through the week is not even on your radar. You're trying to get through the day. Amen? Amen. And so we just walk with God a step at a time. We understand that He is in the presence of the Lord. And when I'm talking about the presence of the Lord, and I don't mean this as a disparaging remark, I'm not just talking about being in some electric camp meeting atmosphere, a revival atmosphere, the presence of the Lord, a personal relationship with God. I'm talking tonight about something worth seeking. This is worth your time. This is worth the effort. This is worth the energy. This is worth the disciplines that it will take. Amen. We have to desire an intimate and a daily walk with God in prayer and in the study of His Word. And you say, well, I don't need to study His Word because I'm not a preacher or a teacher or I'm not this or I'm not that. We all should be a student of the Word of God. Amen. We must we must create a habit of prayer and study. Brother Jerry Dean said, a habit will take you further than desire. A habit will take you further than desire. We've all been stirred up at some point, and we watch that same stirring walk away, blow away, blow out of our life as quickly as it blew in. I'm not taking away from the power of having something stirred up in us. Amen. But if we have a habit of something, that will take us further than just a desire for something. And so I don't want to wait until my life runs aground until I seek the Lord. The Bible says we ought to seek Him in Isaiah 55. He said, we ought to seek Him while He may be found. We ought to seek Him while He is near. Amen. While it is, while it, there, there's no time like the present. You, we don't have one service to waste. We don't have five minutes of one service to waste. Amen. I want to just back up and say it again. We don't have not one service to waste, and we don't have five minutes of one service to waste. Amen. We want to come in with intention. We want to understand that when the very moment this service begins or any service begins, every moment counts. Every moment is critical. i got to get everything I can out of this because I'm going to tell you if the service went five hours, believe it or not, everything is going to come to an end. And when it comes to an end, it will be forever in the pages of history and we're only going to then have to reach for our tomorrow because we can't keep living out of our past. Amen. The Bible says that we have to seek Him while He may be found. At the end of Isaiah 40, probably one of the most quoted or at least referred to passages of Scripture, the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
So as we wait upon the Lord in the presence and in communion with Him, the promise is that we will renew our strength. That's a promise. Amen. In the original, it says that we will exchange our strength for His strength. And let me just tell you, that's a great deal. You need to go for it. Our strength for His strength all day, any day, every day. Amen. The idea is that through through communication with Him, communion with Him, that we trade our strength for His. Amen. And then we can mount up with eagles. And then we can run and not grow weary. And then we can walk and not faint. Amen. These are not suggestions, but this is a promise of the Lord. In John chapter 15, Jesus emphasized over and over the need for us to abide in Him. And then He likened it to a vine with branches, or branches with vine. Amen. That's branches we are tapped into the source of our strength. Not to insult anybody's intelligence, but no matter how beautiful the branch, if you cut it off of the vine, it's limited. It's dying in that very, very instant. And so we have to remain in an abiding relationship. You can't pull the branch off and then plug it in every now and then. Amen. You gotta stay connected to the absolute source of that. And we have to draw on His strength. We have to draw on those resources. Amen. And so as we seek Him in prayer, as we seek Him in daily Bible reading, and as we seek Him in a daily walk, there comes a true inner strength. Amen. For years, we have promoted some form of systematic daily Bible reading, whether that's the bread program or there's just so many things today that are available for us, whether uh, that is... uh, uh, on a literal copy of that or some digital copy of that. But we certainly promote daily Bible reading. And we certainly hope that everybody participates in that. That's my goal and our goal as a church. And so we not, not only do we want to spend time in the Word of God, but we want to pray and read the Word of the Lord. I always, always want to pray first. Because I want to prepare myself. I don't want to just pick it up like it's a book. I want the Lord to be able to speak something into my heart. And so, as we then begin to study the Word of the Lord and read His Word, we gain an understanding of not only His Word, but we get an understanding of His nature. Now, I don't want to sound trite, but through daily communication with the Lord, we come to know the Lord as a friend. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. I'm I'm not talking about a pal. God is God. He's always God. Sovereign. But we see that friendship with Jesus. And so we come to understand His love for humanity. And and you find that if you lack power in your life, if you lack peace in your life, if you lack joy in your walk with God, that it is time to stop and take a spiritual inventory. Through the years, not to not to try to sound like anything at all, but when people have come to me with a problem, often one of the first questions I ask, have you prayed about this? And it's amazing how many times we get caught up in the storm and we say, no. So I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that sometimes we can miss the most obvious thing. And so 
we have to stop at times and take a spiritual inventory. And so I'll ask you tonight, how is your prayer life? And I'm going to ask them to get a mic and we'll pass that around. How is our prayer life? And, and, and do we have a desire to pray? Or is prayer a drudgery? Is it like, oh man. Do we desire to pray? Is there something missing in us when we haven't prayed? And so when we pray, then as I've mentioned a lot in the last few weeks, do we leave time in that prayer time for the Lord to say something? Or do we do all the talking? And now, you're a rare breed if you're, if you just really like to be around people who do all the talking. And you never get to say anything. And so, do we leave time for the Lord to speak something or to press something into our heart? Do we take the time to enjoy the Word of the Lord? Now, we don't need to give ourselves huge points for all this. We don't need to give ourselves big points for a little effort. We have to take time to be very honest about that. And so I would, I would challenge everybody here tonight to keep a journal. Just for a few days. Keep a journal for a week. Keep a journal for a month. And keep up with how long you pray. How many chapters of the Bible you read a day. Amen. (laughs) There have been days I thought I prayed at least an hour. But the clock told me different. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not saying this for the sake of condemnation. I don't mean it that way. But it may be enlightening to, to, to write down and just see really what it is we're doing. I'm not saying that that's the information you should even share with your companion. I'm just talking about between you and the Lord that we just take an inventory and say, you know, really, am I praying? And am, and am I reading the Word of God? But it, because it is through prayer and it is through the study of His Word that we're brought into the presence of the Lord. And that, that is very similar to the communication that we share with one another every day. We relate to one another and the more we relate to one another, the better we get to know one another. And so that's uh, that's how relationships are formed. And in all honesty, all communication is not verbal. Many things that we can just feel. You can just feel the the presence of someone, and and you can feel the attitude of someone. You can feel the love of someone. And so that is there. Are, there are just times in our prayer that we ought to leave time for just quiet time, just to just to, to think about the Lord and to meditate upon His Word and some things that that we know about one another have only happened through time. It's only happened because we've been a few miles down the road together and now we discover those wonderful things. And so if, if it's true for us, it is certainly true. It is certainly true with the Lord. David understood that there were two things that would result from a desire of seeking the Lord. The last portion of our text tonight says that to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He understood the value of taking time to enjoy the, a relationship with God. I, I heard um, many years ago, I heard Brother Joe Osborne use an illustration. And he was just talking about the difference between, you know, kind of glancing at something and, 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 the, and, the, and also the, the difference between just kind of merely looking at something, an object, or really taking the time to examine an object. And uh, if memory serves me correctly, um, one of the objects that he had was a salt shaker. And so he said, you know, it would just be obvious from a distance that you say, well, that's a salt shaker. 
And so you could walk away and say, well, I know that's a salt shaker. And, and, uh, but then he said, but did you know that this salt holds so many ounces of salt? And did you know that in the top of the lid of this salt shaker, there's this number of holes that are in the lid? And, and only those things happen when you pick something up and you, you hold it and you, you touch it and you, you measure it out. You take a little time. You would have never known anybody could have walked past. A child could have walked past and said it was a salt shaker. But there was only one man in the room that knew all of those intricate details about that. And that one man who knew that was not the inventor of that, but it was just a man who took the time to say, I wonder how many ounces this holds. I wonder how many holes are in the lid. <laughs> You're going to go home and count tonight, aren't you? And so things, there are some things we can just say, well, that's the Word of God, and, and it's great to read the Word of God, but there are some things that are only going to be discovered as you just mull over that and think on that. And, and uh, a, a few mornings ago, the, the Lord just woke me up, and I was quickened. I, just, I was awakened with this thought, and I just believe, no doubt in my mind, that it was the Lord to get up and to read uh, two chapters of the book of Psalms, specifically two chapters and uh, two specific particular chapters. And, and uh, there was just such an unction behind that. And uh, so I, I got up immediately and I, and I, and I went and, and I read those two chapters. And man, I'd just love to tell you that the house filled with angels. But it didn't happen. And I read over that. I know the Lord woke me up. And I know the Lord laid this on my heart. And so I don't want to just say, well, okay, I did what you told me. I had to realize that somewhere in those verses, God was trying to underline something. God was trying to point something out. Amen. And, and he did, you know, I mean, I understand that God, He could have just highlighted one little passage He was trying to show me and and it was over the course of the next several days until I finally got to the core of what it was that the Lord was really trying to speak because I was, I was so, in, I was so involved at first in just reading the verses. I was so involved at, at first at just getting through what it was and just knew that it was just going to leap off the page and into my heart. And there it was. But that's not at all how it unfolded. It took some meditating. It took some thinking. It took some prayer. Amen. And the Lord, amen. The Lord wants us to know Him. I'm, I'm not just trying to, to, to share that for the sake of sharing it, but I want us to understand that we can't just walk into the house of God and attend church and financially support the church and do good things all in the name of the Lord, just on and on and on without any rhyme or without any reason because in time, in time that's going to become a burden. Certainly all of those things are included in our walk with God, but our walk with God cannot be boiled down to merely doing those things. You know, if you just kind of extracted all the work out of a marriage and said, well, this is what marriage is. It's washing clothes, washing dishes, mowing the yard, trimming the hedges. And you just kind of pointed out all the work. It was somebody going like, whoa. If you leave the element of relationship out of that, it would be a burden. To cook every day? To mow the yard every week? To wash clothes all the time? Oh, you're acting like you're not even 
in, in living in the same world that I'm living in. To do all of that would be so, what a burden that would be. But it's not a burden when there is, there is a relationship, when there is something at the core of all of that. My goodness, you just underline the work to having children. How much sleep do you say I'm going to get a night? Watching how many diapers change in this, and and every time I get a new outfit or every time I get a suit out of the cleaners, you're you're sure every time they're going to spit up on it every time. And so if you just if you just extract all of that out, who would want to be involved? But when you add relationship to that, relationship makes you go, well, look at there. Well, what about what about that? Relationship makes relation. It makes all the difference in the world, and that's what I'm trying to drive at tonight. This is something worth seeking because a relationship with God is going to change the dynamics of everything. Of everything, Amen. So David says, "I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord." What does that mean? I think many things come to the surface, not the least of which is how merciful God is. My, my Lord, His mercy endureth. Forever to all generations, how great the Lord is. Psalm seventy-eight, thirty-seven, and thirty-eight and thirty-nine. I want you to read this along with me on the screen, or follow along at least on the screen. David said in Psalm seventy-eight, for their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea. A time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Here's why. For he remembered that they were but flesh. A wind, as James said, a vapor. Amen. A vapor. He said a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. When God in his mercy, amen, looked through the lens, he said, you know what? I do not want to do, I do not want to destroy them, but I want to have mercy. The last verse, the last verse of, of chapter 78 says this. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. It wasn't what we deserved. It wasn't what they deserved. We didn't reap what we have sown altogether, but according to the integrity of God's heart, he guided him by his skillful hands. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I want to get in relationship with that kind of God. I want to know him and I want him to know me. And so we, we all need to spend time looking at the Lord, every conceivable viewpoint. Amen. Hold it as we would a, a, a rare jewel to the light and turn it and see its light shine from different angles. That's how carefully we need to consider Jesus. Solomon said of the Lord in the Song of Solomon, he said, He is altogether lovely. Altogether lovely. David's second goal was to inquire in his temple. One of David's goals here to inquire. Psalms 119 and 15 and 16 says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. For David, God's word was precious. And I believe that God's word ought to be precious to us. Jesus said, learn of me. Learn of me. He desires to speak and that speak that speaking voice of God brings and imparts faith and deliverance. More than anything, we need to hear the voice of God. Jesus said when he was tempted of the devil in the after fasting 40 days, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
Countless times I've said there is a preceding voice, an ongoing voice of God. And so we need to hear that ongoing voice of God. I, 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 I know you may have heard this before, but if Abraham had gone only on what he heard once, he would have killed his only son. But what spared his son was the preceding voice of God. Abraham, where are you? Here I am, Lord. There's a ram in the thicket. Amen. We need a preceding voice of God. And I'm going to come in for a landing close. And and here's what I know to be true. That if we seek after the Lord, He will be found. And that's a promise. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. His goal, it was single-hearted, focused, and that will I seek after. He wanted to stay focused on that one thing. And I believe that we will not ever receive anything we need from the Lord if we are not determined to get it. Determined. I don't think that there's people that are just lucky and they're spiritual. They're just lucky and they have the Word of God in their heart. No, no, no. They're, they're, they've been committed for a long time to something greater than themselves. And they have poured themselves into that. Jeremiah 29 and 13. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. The Bible says, And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Isaiah says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And so when we become serious about the things of God, then God gets serious with us. And so we have to remember that the most fervent prayer, the Bible says, is prayed by a righteous man and that it avails much. And so with everything that is rushing in on all of us, the busyness of life, the busyness of schedules, pressures of our jobs, the the, the expectations of raising a family, um, trying to be a good companion, trying to be a good mother or father, that just dealing with the difficulties that life brings, there's only there's only one thing that we cannot be without, and that's a true relationship with God. It is something worth seeking. It really is something worth seeking. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to share something as we close here this evening. <clears throat> For uh, more years than I can remember, I, my wife bought me this uh, book uh, in, in book form many years ago, and uh, it is entitled "My Utmost for His Highest." And uh, you may be familiar with that. It is written by a man by the name of Oswald Chambers. He has authored many books, and um, I didn't know something uh, until today, and it intrigued me that my my utmost for His Highest is. Um, a devotional, actually. It's 365 days, um, 365 daily devotionals. And, and uh, on the particular Bible program that I use, I have it set to open uh, on the home page. And so every day uh, I at least have access to that. I don't read them every day, but I read them a lot. And um, my utmost for his highest. Most of his um, devotionals are... I would, I think, I read somewhere around 500 words. They're not, they're not very long at all, but um, very inspirational. And uh, Oswald Chambers was born in 1874, 
And uh, he died in 1917 at the age of 43. He died of complications that um, arose after he had an appendectomy. And um, he began to hemorrhage. And, and he died at the age of 43. And so here's a man who has left in just a few short years. He left so much for the world. Um, my utmost for his highest was a work that... From the time it went in print, 10 years after his death in 1927, has never been out of print. Never. And it has been translated into 39 different languages. So here's the part that intrigued me. That Oswald Chambers did not start out to write a book. My utmost for his highest, these 365 devotions, was simply his wife found in his journal after he died these were his personal journals and so in a in, in an endeavor to just have a relationship with God not be a world renowned evangelist just a relationship with God he left something behind for the ages we are still fishing out of the pond that he dug through years of consecration amen <laughs> He impacted the world. And he doesn't even know. Because it was just something born out of a relationship with God. And so whatever it is that we're seeking, if that is the right thing, God will give the increase. But if you wake up every day and just say, I want to impact my world. You may not ever do that. But if you say, I want to have a relationship with my God, you may leave more behind than you ever know. You ever know. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Lord, I love you today. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the strength that you have given all of us today to be here. This is not a random gathering. We didn't just happen to find ourselves in this house tonight. But we came here intentionally. I'm asking you today, Lord, to let the authority of the Holy Ghost now seal forever in our hearts your redemptive words and let the power of your word go to work in our heart and our lives and challenge us today with the power of your scripture and strengthen us and lead us and guide us now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. I love you with all my heart. Greet one another. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website again thank you for listening and we pray god's richest blessings on you and your family